This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist Rite 2 for January 7th, 2024.
Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. Uh, it is a joy, it's a privilege to have the opportunity to worship with you today. I'm so grateful that we have the chance to be together. Um, and I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It's a special joy to have you with us. And I want to say a welcome to those of you who are joining us online through our live stream. We're so grateful that you are able to worship with us today in this way. Uh, if you'd like to get to know the church a little bit better, you can go to our website, redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a Y.org. Click on the About tab there. You can learn more about us and contact us. We can learn more about you and welcome you into this beloved community. Friends, just a couple of announcements this morning before we begin our worship together. I invite you to stick around after the service. You can either stick around and go straight to the Great Hall for some coffee hour, some wonderful treats, and a chance for some conversation and to check in, or you can head over to our parlor. We have a wonderful uh, series today. The Reverend Joanna Lyserson will be in the parlor uh, leading us in a, a class called Anti-Semitism in America. You don't want to miss that. That's immediately after this service in the parlor, led by the Reverend Joanna Lyserson. We'll begin our Epiphany uh, Adult Forum series starting next week, um, and that will be during our Adult Forum hour, same time, same place, will be uh, Spirituality in Me, opening ourselves to the presence of God, and that'll be led by also Joanna Lyserson, as well as our uh, Herschel Wade and Joyce Keishan pretty much a dream team of people leading that one. So you want to be a part of that if you can. Um, I want to have that on your radar. At this time, I would like to invite all preschool to elementary school aged children to join Tim and Tommy. They're in the back there and they're going to head over to the chapel for Donuts and Jesus. Both Donuts and Jesus are waiting in the chapel. I saw them there before the service. So go and head that way and uh, head back and join us. We'll all take communion together. These are actually all the announcements I have today. It's nice after Christmas kind of quiet in the announcement land, so that's good. So at this time, I invite you all, please, to stand as you are able, and we will begin our worship together.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please pray with me. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all mocks ears are known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Hear what the Lord Jesus Christ says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let us pray. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant that they made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. reading from Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. 
And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. And you see that I'm standing up here, and you're probably thinking, oh, no, he's going to ask us to do something. Um, well, I am. We are going to go back to singing our Anglican chant psalms. Um, we've done this tune before. I just wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first reminder being that we're going to sing all the verses, not just us, but also you. So I hope that you'll participate with us. If you see two little dots over a word, that means we do that word over two separate notes. The vertical dashes mean there's a separate measure, and the brackets mean that those words or syllables are also on the same note. We're gonna do this tune all the way through Epiphany, so do your best. I would, I would say to my choir, make your mistakes with conviction, and we'll sing the psalm together. A reading from the Acts of the Apostle. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, 
Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as, as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and a spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. The gospel of our Lord.
open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. I got some questions. I got some questions about these readings. There is so much here. The nature of Trinitarian theology, a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. Why then does Jesus go? Wasn't he without sin? Or was he under the power of sin until his early 30s? Or was this just about him making a statement about his full humanity or his connection to ours? What are we to do with this down-to-earth Christology? We claim Jesus as being in the beginning. In the beginning, he was one with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. Jesus, with God, before the world ever was. And what's up with the voice from heaven? Calling out, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Does everyone else hear it? Is it only Jesus who hears it? And where did that dove come from? Does everyone else see it? Is it white with a a little olive branch in its mouth? Or is it flames of fire coming down with the Holy Spirit? Whew, I got questions. I got questions, but today I want to talk to you about John the Baptist. Specifically, his clothes and his food. You know, like the Times Person of the Year articles. Have you ever read a piece of scripture and thought, well, that's weird. I wonder what that's all about. Well, that's how I feel about John the Baptist. This odd character who we often view as just this kind of lonely weirdo. Standing out in the desert, screaming into the void. Make way, repent of your sins, you brood of vipers. But that's not just who John was. John was actually quite popular. He probably was person of the year that year. He was so popular, in fact, that his notoriety and message gained a following. We see them described as his own disciples. John was very well known for speaking out against the establishment, which eventually got him killed. Remember Herod's daughter, who asked for his head on a platter as her birthday gift? I mean, what happened to asking for a pony? <laughs> John is something so much bigger than we often talk about. He's not just a lonely voice crying out in the wilderness. He's the one who's standing on a brink between desolation and consolation, pointing to Jesus as the one who bridges the chasm between heaven and earth. If you haven't heard, 
John is kind of a big deal. And our tradition holds that he and Jesus knew each other, or at least knew of each other. Long before the meeting we hear about in our gospel lesson for today. In Luke's account, they are cousins via their mothers, Mary and Elizabeth. Both men grew up well acquainted with Torah and lived as faithful Jews all of their lives. They lived in the same geographical region and ran in similar circles, you know, all the misfits. And each had their own unique role to play in bringing about the kingdom of God. From them, we gain a greater understanding of our role in God's dream for the world. So what's up with the camel's hair smock and the belt around his waist? This odd attire is not just a fashion statement. It points to a clue about what John represents. For in John, we see the culmination of salvific, salvific history, the Ketuvim, it's called. And we also see in John this pinnacle of prophecy, the Nevi'im. Many who listened to John's message questioned whether he might be the new manifestation of the prophet Elijah. But John said, no, I'm not Elijah. Interesting, then, how they wore the same kind of clothes. I looked at 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 8. They answered him, he was a hairy man with a leather belt around his waist. He said, it is Elijah, the Tishabite. What John wore points to greater truth. He appears on the surface to be one of the prophets, but he himself says that it's not just about what he wears or, or what he looks like that is important, but what he proclaims. That is what is the most important. What is his prophecy? Repentance, forgiveness. Make way for God in your heart, in your mind, in your body, in your soul. Make way for God in your life. You know how they say you are what you eat? Well, I've always been so curious about why the gospel writers found it necessary to share with us what John ate, locust, and wild honey. What a strange detail. I know we don't often take time to dig into little things like this, but it's my job. So... I went down a rabbit hole for several hours, and let me just save you some time on research. There's almost nothing written about why he ate locust and wild honey. So I'd like you to just, just go with me on this trip. Just imagine for a moment what these foods could be saying to us symbolically about John the Baptist. What if John's food 
is a symbolic intaking of both the blessings and the curses that are present in our gospel. What would it mean for us if John consumed the plague brought upon the empire to help make the people free? What if the locusts represent the hives that consumed the crops of Pharaoh before the exodus, showing God's power over nature as a reminder to even the most powerful people on earth that there are some things that even they cannot control? And what about this wild honey? What are we to make of this sweet delight? I like to think of it as the nourishment that offsets the curse. A symbolic drink representing the promises of God. The place of peace and security where war and hatred cease. A land flowing with milk and wild honey. If it is true that you are what you eat, John is showing us that a person who points the way to God is also someone who acknowledges that we must take into ourselves both the blessing and the curse. We must, uh, we must acknowledge it all so that from us can come a proclamation of forgiveness. In the tradition of the church, we call this Sunday the baptism of our Lord, the baptism of Jesus, but we don't often talk about the man who baptized him, John, the baptizer. This dynamic and I think over, overwhelmingly intriguing biblical figure asks us to stand with him in the wilderness between blessings and curses, and to remember the message of the prophets and to point the way forward, the way to Jesus that leads to life and health and peace. I find it fascinating that the church holds the tradition of both the baptism of John and the baptism of Jesus in our own baptismal rite often hidden by familiarity but steeped in rich symbolism, our baptismal service shows us this entire arc of salvific history of God's people through the exodus and on to the life of Jesus. If you want to look it up later, it's on page 304 of your prayer book. It brings us through this entire arc of understanding that in order to live life in a new way in Jesus Christ, in order to be marked by the Holy Spirit in baptism as Christ's own forever, we first have to start with that baptism of John, a baptism of repentance and forgiveness. I think I've shared with you all before that in our family, we, uh, we don't just celebrate our, our birth into the world days, we celebrate our baptism birthdays. And 
uh, Constantine had his last week, his ninth baptism birthday. And we always eat cake and sing a song, but we also look at it as an opportunity to talk about our baptism, which hopefully baptisms that happen here at church give you an opportunity to do the same. And we ask uh, our little boys, what is baptism? What, it, what is it for? What does it mean to you? And Teal said that for him, at least right now, it's about, it's about being part of the family, the church. Arlo said, I don't know what the point is, but I know you put that cross on my forehead. <laughs> yes, both of these and many more reasons. Our baptism is a symbol of our participation with God and the prophets who came before it is our part in the story of salvation history. It is our belonging to one another in Jesus. And it is an identifying marker that reminds us of our role in making God's dream a reality in this world. At dinner, we talked about how each of us were baptized so differently. I was baptized on St. Andrew's Day to a band of bagpipers, so that's probably why I love the Celtic uh, service so much. And Chris was baptized in Hawaii outside. No one was wearing shoes, so he understands holy ground. Teal in a big marble font in a grand cathedral, reminding us of the traditions that we hold. And Arlo, thank God he's not here, buff naked, fully immersed, with a whole cruet of oil poured over his head to remind us of the aesthetic beauty of our humanity and how we experience God in this world. But we recognize also that each of our baptisms had two things in common, two very, very important common threads, covenant and commitment. A reminder that we are a part of something so much bigger than just ourselves. And also a commitment to serve God in this world in a new and different way. As a people set apart to proclaim love and peace and blessings knowing that the curse is there and saying we are moving beyond that into light and hope and joy. Baptism, my friends, should change you. It should make you different. I saw, um, I saw this written up a long time ago, but I remembered it this week, and I wanted to share it with you. Um, it's... It's from, you know, uh, modern um, therapy. For, uh, it's a psycho psychological perspective. It said, if you feel like you hate everyone, eat something. <laughs> if you feel like everyone hates you, take a nap. And if you feel like you hate yourself, take a shower. And I thought about that this week, and I thought, what if we look at it through a baptismal lens? What if we read this as Christians? If you feel like you hate everyone, 
take communion. If you feel like everyone hates you, take a Sabbath. And if you feel like you hate yourself, remember your baptism. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshiped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world that there may be justice and peace on the earth. We pray for all the thanksgivings of this life.
give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. We pray especially for Andrew Banerjee, the Rev Reverend Richard Elberfeld, Bob Hendricks, Ryan Patel, Brent Powell, Eric Williams, and Presiding Bishop Michael Curry. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. For they the may be delivered from their distress. For the victims of the earthquake in Japan, for the victims of the wars in Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, and Sudan, for the victims of the mass shootings in our country throughout the past week in Helena, Montana, Gainesville, Florida, Denver, Colorado, Charlotte, North Carolina, Little River, South Carolina, Hawthorne, California, Los Angeles, California, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Springfield, Missouri, and Perry, Iowa. We pray for the departed, especially Cindy Powell. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light, enkindled in our hearts, may shine forth in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. I invite you please to stand as you are able. My friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you.
Walk in love as Christ loves us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with John the Baptist and all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
invite you all please to stand as you are able. Mark, in the name of God and on behalf of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body because we all share one bread, one cup. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and the love of God and of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and remain with you always. Let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.